Welcome to the official podcast of ToyPhotographers.com, where we talk to photographers from around the globe about turning action figures, Lego, miniatures, and more into fantastic works of art. Hi there, and welcome back to the Toy Photographers podcast. We're back with the fourth episode in our series focused on toy photography from a beginner's perspective. My name is Terry Green Henning, and I'm again joined by Ariel Figueroa. We're your hosts for this special series. So far, we've chatted about how we got started in toy photography, the cameras and gear we use, and our favorite toys to photograph. If you haven't listened to those first three episodes, we'd love for you to go back and have a listen. Hey, Ariel, how are you? I'm doing well, Terry. How are you? I am well, thank you. Um, so in this episode, I'll, I'll start with this. I'm, as you may know, I'm a former high school English teacher, and I'm going to make an analogy. So when I taught novels, we talked a lot about character, plot, and setting. And we can definitely apply those ideas to our toy photography. Characters are our toys, plot, the story we hope to tell in our photograph, and setting, well, that's, I feel like, where we can have some real fun. Setting isn't about where the action takes place, or isn't just about where the action takes place. It can also create a mood and a feeling. And the same is true for the setting of our photography. So today, you and I are going to chat a bit about where we set our photos, inside, outside, the pros and cons of each, and then how we set up scenes and how others might think about setting up scenes. Make sense? Makes sense. Cool. Makes been looking so, forward to this one. Yeah, uh, me too. So I'm curious, you know, I'll start with you um, because it's easier for me to just pass it off to you to start. Uh, when you began with toy photography, which just about a year ago now, right? Um, yeah, November no, of last okay. year. Mm -hmm. So when you started, did you think a lot about setting up scenes or where you were going to shoot? So I guess maybe how important was setting? So when I started, I didn't really think too much about scenes um, or setting, um, you know, you know, like using props and actually setting, you know, yeah, I, I yeah, I didn't really think about like an actual scene, like my photos today look, um, mostly it was uh, just outdoor shooting you know, at that time, since I started, I didn't have any props. I didn't have any dioramas. I didn't have anything like that. Um, and a lot of the toy photography that I was exposed to in the beginning were all outside shooters. Um, you know, the, the main one, uh, Sir Dork, um, he pretty much shoots outside the entire time because he uses a lot of fireworks and things like that. So um, I had it in my mind that that's where I had to go. Um, so I started mostly outside because of that, because I didn't know there was an inside option kind of thing with all these different dioramas and things like that. So, um, but yeah, I, I pretty much started outside primarily. Um, and then I just, over time, graduated, not graduated, gradually moved into the inside um, scene. But awesome. what about, I mean, you, you primarily shoot inside, right? Well, so I was thinking about this in preparation for the episode. So as, as you know, and as I've mentioned before, I got started on this um, 
in January of 2021. And I live in New Hampshire, which is in New England in the U.S., in case there are international folks listening. Um, and so January in New Hampshire, in New England, is it, it's cold. It's cold. It's, cold. it's snowy. Yep. <laughs> um, not a ton of daylight hours. And so I started shooting inside. And, and in fact, I was going through my photos um, again, you know, preparing for this episode, thinking when when did I even take my first outside shot, and that was not until March, um, at least if I if I looked back correctly. So the first one, um, kind of outside and on location, was was uh, in March, but everything else was inside. And then throughout the spring and summer, I think I took a bunch both inside and outside. Um, I'm still probably. 80% inside, but that's mostly because of when I, I guess when I tend to, to do my shooting. Um, so, and for me, inside, outside are very different experiences. So the way, um, I'm kind of more in a routine now where I'll do my day stuff and I do most of my shooting at night. I find that I'm just more creative in the nighttime hours. And so I'll often, you know, come upstairs after dinner and, and that's kind of like my time. Um, and so I think just by virtue of that, most of my shots are inside and it's, it's just a different experience. So I think, um, maybe what we could do is even talk about the outside, what you, what you've noticed when you shoot outside, um, when we shoot inside what we notice and, and maybe kind of break each one of the two down. Cause I feel like they're very, very different experiences. No, they, it, they definitely are, um, you know, and each has its own, each has a benefit, each has their cons. Um, uh, you know, for me, when it came to shooting outside, um, it was, I feel like I was a little bit more, um, I, I, the more I started doing it, I started feeling like, okay, I've shot in, you know, mostly in my backyard, this little thing that I set up next to my fire pit. I'm like, all right, I've shot so many shots in this same, you know, I've moved rocks around, but it's pretty much been the same thing. So it's like, I got to figure out where else to go. Um, and again, this is before, uh, the thought of shooting inside, you know, popped into my head. So I'm like looking around my entire backyard. I'm looking at my front yard. You know, there's like a little walking trail by my house. So every now and then I grab my gear, grab something that I want to shoot and go on the walking trail. Um, so it started becoming more less, um, um, more of an inconvenience for me um, kind of thing. Um, cause it's, it's hard for me to figure out, okay, this is what I want to shoot when I can't picture the location and I, and I can't picture the background. So when I started looking at, as, as I started, um, following more people on Instagram, that's when I started getting exposed to a lot of photographer, toy photographers that shoot inside and use dioramas. So I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I didn't know that was a thing. And then I started looking more into that. Um, and pretty much since then, it, I've been inside. Every now and then I might shoot something outside, but it's, I mean, 
I, I, I honestly can't even remember the last time I shot something outside. Um, it's mostly been inside shooting a lot. Um, so, you know, I would say, do you want to go over like, you know, probably maybe like benefits of outside and inside first? Yeah, maybe what we could do is even okay. focus on on the outside first and then and yeah. then we'll move into inside because I think, you know, okay. like I said, I think they're very different and I'll just kind of piggyback on some of what you said. You're so right in the sense that I think when you're outside, you know, a lot of folks like scout locations um and and have that in mind and and a lot of the time we've talked about this in in previous episodes. My ideas often come from you know, kind of coming upstairs to my my spot and and just kind of taking it all in and seeing what comes to me. And at least when I've gone outside, um, most of my shots outside have been as part of like when we've gone camping and I'll take a couple toys. I live in a condo um, and we moved, but before we also lived in a condo. So I don't have my own, I have far more space in this one um, and more outdoor space that's green space, but I don't have, you know, I can't like set up something in my yard, for example, or this big, um, the kind of work I might want to think about in a scene. I don't have that luxury or space where I could set something, go out in the yard, set something up, um, tweak it, come back to it. And so I would find that, not that it was more of a hassle, but I would kind of take my outside shots maybe as more of like as part of something we were doing outside. So um, that first outdoor shot that I mentioned, I actually, we we were just kind of driving in Maine um, and there was this lighthouse that we hadn't been to that I really wanted to take shots of. And I packed just a few uh, minifigs and I took one, you know, the, the minifig that I think kind of is like my sig fig. Um, and I just posed her, you know, kind of looking at... Um, the, the lighthouse. And that I think was, that's more my style when I'm outside. I'll kind of build the minifigs into the scene. And what's kind of cool is looking back, I can be like, oh yeah, that's when we were camping and we had that campsite. And it just brings me back to that moment. So I would almost say my outside photography is more about capturing the moment than it is about the toy in general, if that makes sense. Like I'm definitely not yeah. doing yeah. anything fancy outside. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't played like with compressed air or, uh, you know, I've seen some of that on, on Instagram and such, and I would love to play, but, um, I did give Spider-Man sparklers on the 4th of July to see what he would do. And that was kind of fun. But, um, but yeah, so that's how I think, I think I've envisioned my outdoor photography. It's more about like capturing a moment, capturing a place, incorporating the toys into that place. Um, but far less about the story, the scene, um, in the way that you might do inside, but outside, I mean, mm -hmm. you've got natural light to work with. You've got mm -hmm. the natural elements, um, which can be so much fun. You know, I feel like I did a cool series of shots with, um, Waldorf and Statler of the Muppets and I took them camping. And so like, you know, one day they're, they're just like looking out onto the water and another day they're, um, sitting on the picnic table. And I think, I think they were playing Yahtzee. Um, so little things like that, but it's, it's a very simple kind of just situating the toy in the outdoors. So maybe yeah. uh, what was yours like? Like how, 
would you set up kind of those scenes? Did you use firecrackers? Uh, I did once and it did not work out very well. So I, I didn't do it again. Um, I, uh, luckily, you know, I had, uh, I was using one of those uh, sparklers. Um, and again, going back to Sir Dork, uh, a video that he posted on how he does it, kind of did the same thing, you know, sparkler, like in front of the lens, kind of like just moved it around. And luckily, I had uh, a filter, a lens filter on my lens. Uh, one of those, you know, you can take off. Uh, I think it was a UV one and a UV reducer one. And uh, when I was done shooting, I guess I, the sparkler was a little bit too close and the UV fil- the filter ended up getting a little bit burned because of it. Um, so luckily I had that cause if not, that would have been my lens <laughs> that would have oh, gotten, gosh. that would have gotten messed up. So after that, I started evaluating, I was like, okay, do I really need like this? I'm like, I, I see how it works from other people and other people take up tremendous shots using them. But, um, I don't think I ever went back to using any kind of like firecrackers or anything outside. Um, and I think mostly shortly after that is when I started, um, changing, to, to inside shooting because uh, I started getting a little bit more dioramas and things like that. So I was able to move it inside. Uh, but uh, going back to what you said, I completely agree. Um, the lighting, the nat- using the natural lighting, depending on the scene that you want to shoot is huge because it is, it's really, re- at least for me, <laughs> it's so difficult to recreate natural lighting indoors, um, especially depending, you know, because it changes so much, you know, how dark originally is the inside that you're shooting, how many light sources do you have, what kind of figure are you using? Because of course, if you're using, uh, let's say Legos, you know, that plastic Lego, it's very, you know, light just bounces off of it. So it gets very shiny. Um, So you got to look out for that. I just did a shot a couple days ago, I haven't posted it yet of, uh, you know, the God of War Kratos. Um, so God of War, it's a video game. Uh, Kratos is the, the, the lead character. He has like white painted skin. So that was difficult inside. I was having issues with that because of how, you know, I was trying to do like a daylight scene inside and I was having issues with that. So if you're really trying to get that day, that daylight, um, type of uh, effect in your shot. Um, and if it's nice outside, then just go outside and shoot. It just, it makes it so much easier. But at the same time, it also, the negative part of it, it could, you know, you can't control that sun. <laughs> you can't control the clouds that are constantly passing by. So you might, oh, perfect. I have, the sun is perfect right there. And then here comes a cloud, messes up your shot um or or vice versa yeah, cloudy perfect that's what i wanted oh now the sun is out now you either got to wait for another cloud to pass or something like that um so that's you know that that was a challenge for me um i use a lot of like uh aerosol atmosphere aerosol like fog in my shots just to give it a, a good atmospheric uh get a good atmospheric dimension i guess you can say uh to it and if it's very windy <laughs> outside, that's not going to work. Um, so there, there's definitely a lot of challenges that I came across uh, when it came to shooting outside. Um, the more the more I started doing it, 
Um, and then that's when I started just transitioning to an inside uh, shooter, which allows me the luxury of having full control over everything, lighting, fog direction, without having to worry about the wind blowing it a certain way. Um, but then shooting inside, I guess you can say more money comes into it because again, shooting inside, you got to think about, you know, what your background is going to look like. So now that's when you start looking into dioramas and, uh, little prop things just to, to put them around because, um, for me, I'm about the story. I think I said that in the last episode, uh, my shots are. I'm trying to tell a story. So I'm I'm trying to build an actual real life scene kind of thing. Um, so that obviously entails building up my inventory with a lot of props and dioramas and things like that. So um, but yeah, there's there's a positive and a negative to 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 shooting outside since mm-hmm. that's where we started. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, there's so many things that that you just mentioned that that resonate with me. One, you know, certainly the question of control. Um, Outside, there is very little um, that I find I can control. You know, I I can't control the wind. And I remember um, I was camping and I was trying to set up the minifigs in such a way and they just kept falling over. And I'm like, this this is just not going to work. And but at the same time, there are things that I scenes that I just could not replicate indoors unless I, you know, invested a ton of money. And you're right. Um, you know, we were again in Maine, um, and there's this really cool forest that we had gone to. And it's, it's that kind of overgrown, mossy, um, really rich, lush, bright moss. And, and I remember thinking like, oh, this will be great for kind of like fairy figures. And, um, I'm not really into fairies necessarily or like forest creatures, but I had so much fun, um, getting some of those, um, Playmobil like unicorns and I am a big unicorn fan and, uh, and, and fairies and kind of planting them in, in the moss to get this like really cool, well, what I was hoping was going to be really cool, like foresty scene. So that's been kind of fun. Um, I'd love to recreate that now that I've started using lens baby lenses more, um, because I think I could really soften that, um, approach and, and kind of take a little more of a creative flair, um, outdoors with that. So definitely control, um, recreating the scene. The other thing that surprised me shooting outside was, um, I, I love playing around with depth of field. I do that indoors, but I think outside, I just love some of the shots where, you know, the ocean fades into that, that creamy blur or the woods. Um, the, I had, um, set up a couple mini figs in front of our campfire and just to see you like far enough away so they wouldn't melt. Um, cause that's the other thing you mentioned with the sparklers. Yes. It's like, yes, yes, Oh my yes. gosh. Like I am waiting <laughs> for, you know, a mini fig to fall into the fire. Gosh. Or like for me to put it on my car roof and I'll drive away forgetting. So was, I I'm waiting for something to happen. I did lose a shield. So I had to rebuy, um, a shield. So I had taken some mini figs with me. Um, so, you know, I'll travel with like a little case of minifigs to see what I'm going to do. And I, I position them so that the, um, 
our fire pit, the campfire was in the background and it just turned into this really cool red, yellow, orange, blurry beautifulness. Um, and I had, I think I had, um, two little firefighter mini figs and, and it just had a, I had like the pizza, um, chef and it just kind of looked cool. So I, I feel like the more I go, you know, next year, we're coming up on a year of this journey. Um, I'm excited for thinking about kind of like the 2.0 of what I want to do inside, what I want to do outside. Um, and really dig in a little bit, a little bit more um, to the outside stuff. But you're so right. I mean, everything is just so much less controlled, which sometimes ends up being really surprisingly awesome. Um, oh yeah, completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like you know, sometimes you get that happy accident type of thing that you you were not planning for it at all, and all of a sudden, like the cloud just hit perfectly, and it's like, oh yes, that came out great. Um, but then, you, you know, you better hope you had nailed it because it's going to be hard to recreate. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> uh, because of how uncontrollable everything is. Um, that, and, that's and from- a great point too, though, the recreating. Because mm-hmm. like in the inside, you know, if you are trying to nail a scene and you just don't get it, like you can go back to it tomorrow. Like mm-hmm. if you're outside, um, especially if you're traveling or if you're, you know, dependent on weather, you're trying to get that fantastic light the chances of being able to recreate the exact scene are pretty slim. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and I don't know about you, but when I look at uh, other, other, uh, other shots from other toy photographers um, that shoot outside, I don't know why, but like I, when it comes to minifigs, Legos, minifigs, um, what was the other brand that you said? Oh, uh, Playmobil. Uh, Playmobil, things like that. I really like outdoor shots. I really like how they look outdoor shots. Something about minifigs and outdoor shots is just, it's believable. It's, I, like you said, you know, uh, you know, when it comes to the, uh, the depth of field that you're using, something about it when it comes to outdoor shots. Indoor shots with minifigs and using dioramas, which I've seen a couple of, there's some that pull it off really well. Um, they are. Um, you know, one of those, I don't know if you follow this person on Instagram, uh, brick panda 82. Yes. My yes. God. I mean, <laughs> how he, I don't know if it's a he or she, um, but how brick panda does those Lego shots. My God. I mean, it's incredible. And I, I see some of them outdoors. Some of them are indoors. Um, but I don't know when it comes to outdoor shots, I definitely like the way minifigs look outdoors as opposed to indoors. Um, and in reverse, when it comes to like action figures, I like indoors, how they, I like how they, the shots come out indoors with, you know, the diorama, street scenes, things like that, as opposed to being outdoors. Not to say that there aren't some good ones, but um, yeah, I, I, that's one thing, and if you know if you're new getting into this, and if you have a minifig, if you if you're sh- gonna be shooting Legos or any other kind of minifigs, um, and you're trying to decide indoor or outdoors, I don't know. For me, indoors with minifigs is challenging again because the lighting you have to recreate it yourself, and when you're trying to bounce light off of a or, or not avoid bouncing light off of a minifig, you know 
you know, Terry, you'll take a picture in there. It looks good, but then there's like one yellow spot right on top of the forehead of your minifig that just looks weird. So, um, but yeah, it's, it, it, it also, I, I think that's why I think like, depending on what you're shooting might also play a big part in, all right, am I going to shoot outdoors? Am I going to shoot indoors? What will make it look more believable for this figure kind of thing? Um, so yeah, that's that's what I tend to see when I look through photos on Instagram. Yeah, I don't know what, what do you think about that. Like, have you ever noticed any of that? Definitely, um, and I think you make a, a, you know a good point about like we're shooting plastic, and so the lighting is going to. You know, we have another episode kind of devoted to to lighting and more technical things, but um, yeah, I mean that's probably the bane of my existence because I I sometimes feel like I have the shot and then it's like this glossy reflection off the plastic that you know I, I haven't figured out a way to I'm not that good <laughs> to to get to that point. Um, I do find sometimes depending on the figure, some are easier than others. You know, I think Lego. Um, Sometimes the the gloss of the face and hair does present a challenge, um, and I don't. I try not to get too worked up because every day is kind of. I just look at it. I know I've spoken about this before. It's just every day is a learning opportunity. But um, I find I, I'm excited to learn from you when when you start talking about your props and dioramas and setting the scene because I don't have a lot of those, and I I think there are a lot of um, Lego builders who who have far more ability to create mocks and um, you know those self made creations and and or have just more in their collection where they can um, really have this whole scene in the background. I have neither the bricks nor the ability to to do that um, on a daily basis, <laughs> but working on it. Um, but so I think for me, a lot of my indoor shots are are far simpler, but I'm finding that I really like, I, I think I do best when I, when I just focus on the simple and, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know whether that is a style that's emerging or it's emerging because of an inability to create these really complex scenes, but in the beginning, especially, like I didn't have anything, you know, to use as a background. And when you use bricks as a background, again, you know, you've got the light bouncing off the plastic. Um, A lot of times the background is just the the scene that I'm trying to capture at home. You know, it might be like, I'm I'm thinking about a photo. Um, I was baking banana bread, you know, because that's apparently what I did every week during early days of COVID. <laughs> and um, you know, and the so the minifigs in front of all the the stuff and um, sitting on on the cookbook, you know. So it's kind of like blending that that real, so that when I look back at my 365 days, I'm actually kind of brought back to the day. Um, which is which is kind of interesting. Like some days I'm trying to create a story, and other days I'm trying to capture the day. Um, and on a really great day, I, I'm able to do both. But in the both, be- yeah. yeah, I mean, in the beginning, I had a, um, and I can link to it. One of those small light boxes. I don't even know. Um, it's got a built-in kind of LED ring, and it was maybe like twenty, thirty dollars on Amazon. And and it's small, so you can kind of create the lighting is there inside, and you create your scene inside and it's got colored paper to use as the background. I was shooting with that at the beginning. Um, it, it was a little lazy in the sense that the lighting was like kind of perfectly built in. And then I've really started to um, experiment more to 
but you're right. It takes <laughs> it. It kind of packs a wallop on the wallet. Um, mm. And and I know you don't need fancy stuff, but lights. You know, I especially shooting at night. I'm I'm up in a loft right now, um, which has great two skylights that great give great daylight. But when it's dark, it's dark. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think. Gosh, the lighting. I mean, we won't go too far into it in this episode, but. When you, you know, you mentioned moving inside, you're controlling everything. Um, and, and did you start, like, did you have dioramas at the beginning or did you, is that something you kind of accumulated those sets over time? Um, no, it's just things that are accumulated over time. Um, when I started going indoors, um, you just reminded me when you brought it up, I did build my own kind of light, light box. Um, to start with, because again, this is just a video that I saw online, and this one guy was shooting uh, within light boxes and property, uh, property, uh, product photography as well. Mm-hmm. Pretty much use light boxes. So you know, I I went ahead built a light box, and um, uh, that was like my introduction into indoor shooting kind of thing. Because at that point, I only had really like two lights. Uh, you know, now I have like six, <laughs> but yeah, again, we'll go into that during the lighting, uh, conversation. Cause I, I collect lights. I got like, uh, I collect toys at this point. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it started shooting within a light box and, you know, like, uh, if you go on my Instagram feeds, like the very first couple of ones that I posted, it, it's just kind of like, um, portrait shots of certain figures that I took. Um, those were done in the light box. And, uh, then I came, I forgot if I came across actual, um, uh, custom made dioramas. Actually I did. That's what I came across first. Like actual, you know, built out of that, uh, what is it? EPS foam, PS okay. something mm-hmm. foam, that pink foam that, you know, you can buy it like, a. Home Depot or Lowe's. And uh, so people making dioramas off of those. And I was just blown away over it. I was like, holy crap, like actual buildings, actual, uh, you know, street scenes, roads. Um, I mean, it, it's insane. It's insane the amount of um, customization and detailing in these dioramas that a lot of these dioramas online uh uh build and i was so excited when i saw that until i saw the price (laughs) (laughs) on those um custom dioramas are very they're expensive depending on what you want to get they're very expensive um what what would be like ballpark what's a I mean, it, it all depends on what you want to get. You know, if you're, you know, if you're looking to get like a whole scene, I would say, you know, like, let's say like a rooftop scene with an actual rooftop, you know, bricks cut into it, you know, maybe like a little, it, it all depends and the size of it as well. Um, I mean, it can be anywhere from 150 all the way up. I mean, I've seen dioramas on Etsy. And just online generally for like seven, eight hundred dollars. Wow. Uh, de- depending on what you know, depending on what you're looking for. Um, so obviously that was something that I looked at and I was like, yeah, this I don't think this is gonna happen. 
Um, not with these. So I, I did a little bit more research and then I came across a company called Extreme Sets. Um, and they make dioramas out of, uh, out of uh, cardboard. Um, so it's just pretty much a cardboard things that you put together and you make a scene out of it. Um, and I, I fell in love with those. Uh, you know, I, I think I have one, two, probably like four different extreme set dioramas, um, that I kind of like cycle through. And the great thing about those sets is because they're all, you know, you can take them apart and put them back together, except for the cabin one, that cabin one, once you build it, you're not taking that thing apart because it is a beast. Um, but I'm able to mix and match. Like I have a street scene one and I have the asylum one. I might put them together and do something. So, it, you know, the more I, I was able to get, the more I was able to find that I can like come up with unique things. Um, and uh, have you heard of extreme sets? I have, before? but I yeah. haven't, um, I haven't seen any in person mm-hmm. um, and I don't own any dioramas. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're, they're pretty cool. They're, they're not, I mean, you're thinking like, oh, it's cardboard, much cheaper. It's like, well, it, it depends, you know, like those, I mean, they're definitely cheaper than the real, I don't even know how to say the foam dioramas, I, I guess I'll refer to them. Um, you know, you're not paying like seven, $800 for them, but you know, anywhere between like 40 all the way up to $80, depending on what you're trying, depending on which one you're, you're wanting. Now, uh, is like this the, the company that has the two different sizes, one for like uh, larger a action? 12 scale. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They have a 112 scale and I believe they have a 118 scale. Okay. Uh, for like smaller, you know, three inch probably will work very well for like, uh, like minifigs. Okay. I think, I think those will work good for. Um, so yeah, they have those two sizes and pretty much everything that they come out with, they make it into those two different sizes. So I got into that um started getting those built up a collection of those i do have a couple of foam built dioramas um that i was able to commission from a couple of people um over the months over the year and uh nowhere near the 600 hundred dollar ballpark thing a lot a lot cheaper um but definitely uh i've gotten i've been able to get a couple of those i actually made one myself like I did like a, a sidewalk kind of thing. I found this a tutorial online, uh, Vasca Toys, I think it's he's called. Um, but he's a really awesome uh, diorama builder and he does tutorials online for very simple things. So I followed this one tutorial and built a street one, which oh, wow. I actually, I'm happy with the way it came out. Okay, so now because you teased to it, you're going to have to include a photo of that. Yes, I will will include a photo of that. Yes, that'll be in the show notes uh, for everyone to see. And a link to that tutorial would be awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll definitely, uh, uh, we'll definitely post that up as well. So, so there's different things. And when it comes to props, you know, um, a, a big thing that a lot of people do, especially if you own a 3D printer, you can print up your own props, which a lot of uh a lot of toy photographers do uh i don't know if you're familiar with uh Dwayne shoots toys yes and an, another one that i'm just like blown away with the stuff that he does i mean like he he 3d prints everything he custom paints all his props wow. i mean it is insane the the stuff that he does um so you can get into that 
field. You know, if you already have a 3D printer and you love 3D printing, guess what? You can print up your own props kind of thing. Um, you know, props meaning like little trash cans, um, water bottles. Um, I mean, if you get even if you really get into it, you can make your own head sculpts. Wow. Uh, which a lot of which a lot of uh, I've actually purchased a couple of head sculpts uh, from someone online. So, um, so you can do you can definitely get into a lot of the customization, the the DIY type of thing, and mm-hmm. do things yourself. Um, and that you know, me and a friend of mine, we joke that's a whole other rabbit hole Absolutely. <laughs> that you will fall into, kind of thing. So I built that once uh, that one sidewalk thing, and then that was it. <laughs> I was like, because I enjoyed it too much, and I had to stop myself because it's like next thing I know, I'm building dioramas myself, and mm-hmm. that's another thing I would have to explain to my wife, and I'm not gonna go down that road. So I feel like every episode we say something that we then have to say, okay, but that'll lead you down to this, that, you know, this uh-huh. rabbit hole. Um, oh, I'm yeah. sure, folks oh. listening, if you're if you're new at this, um. It's so easy to get carried away down so many different avenues. And if you're not a newbie listening to this, I hope that you're la- kind of laughing <laughs> along mm-hmm. with us going like, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. For for a while there, I was um, really thinking about the true miniature like train size figures, um, like HO scale. Yeah. And, and I had ordered a few. I ended up returning. I'm like, okay, you know, what? I can't do everything. I need to just stay focused. Um, they were so tiny, but I was like, you know, maybe I could like paint my own. And, and I started watching these YouTube videos and my eyesight is horrible, um, <laughs> which is kind of ironic that my hobby is photography, but um, it's, I, I, I laugh because I'm like, there is no way I, I will I'm kind of blind as a bat as it is. And I, and I say that not exaggerating. I I truly am if I take out my contacts, Um, but it's, there's no way. And all these folks are building these like collections of hand painted scale, um, train scale figures. And it must just be painstaking work or the folks who build like um, war scenes. um, You know, it's when you start really researching what folks are doing, it's, that's its own, gosh, that's its own craft. Its own. It's its own craft. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. amazing. I hadn't even mm-hmm. thought about the 3d printing side of things. Okay. Yep. I am yep. not going to leave this episode and go start looking at 3d printers. No, me neither. <laughs> and not to say I didn't consider it at one point because it would make things so much easier, especially because again, like I, I, I like making a scene and yeah. it's, the littlest bit of details, like, you know, they might in the background, it might be very blurred out, but you might see some trash bags. You might see a trash can. You might see uh, a fire hydrant. You know, it's, it's these little these little things that just, you're not, that's not the first thing you see when you look at it, but it just adds to it. Mm. Um, it, just, it just completely adds to the what you're trying to show. Um, so, yeah, it. it it's it's very easy if you've already gone if you've already come from a 3D printer world I guess and wow. you've been 3D printing a bunch of stuff so because you know a lot of a lot of 3D printers they uh, a lot of people that do 3D printing they either find a file online and they print that or they find a file online and then they modify it to fit whatever it is that they want to print 
or they just create it from scratch. So oh. again, there it's yeah, it's a whole other uh, rabbit hole. Um, you can just be like me that and just find these people online and just give them money <laughs> for their work. <laughs> give them money for their work. You know, Etsy has a bunch of a uh, bunch of uh, little stores uh, of three D. Um, you know, 3D printing props, uh, Oliver Seat, uh, and we'll include all these okay, links and yeah. everything in the show notes. Um, but you know, this one that I really, um, like purchasing from Oliver, hold on, I'm looking it up now. Sorry, I wasn't prepared for this. Um, Oliver's Corner GB is okay. their, is their Instagram, but I, a lot of the props that I use, I get from them. Um, high quality, great. Definitely give them a, a a look. But um, another thing that you can do, which I started actually doing, and this is something that I look for, you know, when when I was out, when you know, when I'm out on a toy hunt or I'm looking at a specific toy, I ju- I used to just all right, let me just look at the figure. I just want to see the figure and see what I can do with it. I've gotten into a place now where I look at the figure, but I also look at what accessories it comes with. Because a lot of those accessories you can use for other figures. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I do that all the time. I'll grab something that came with another figure and use it for a shot with a different figure. Um, so you can build, I guess, your collection of props that way. Um, looking to see that's why going back to the last episode we were talking about favorite toys and mezco being one of my if not my favorite toy line because of all the accessories that you get with the figures that you can use for that figure but you can also use for other figure other uh fig photography Mm -hmm. uh if you wanted to so because of that i've kind of like accumulated and a good amount of uh props i would say that's awesome. And I, and I think the same is true if folks are into um, Lego photography, mixing and matching um, yes, sets. And I mean, that mm-hmm. that's one of the great benefits. Um, of course, it kills me on the one hand because I like when things are organized and I'm constantly mixing and matching. So um, that's a little problematic. So um, one thing I was thinking about out of curiosity, have you ever taken those dioramas outside or are, are, when you use those, are you strictly inside? Strictly inside. Yeah. I've never, I've never taken them outside. Uh, just never had the need to. Um, I, I did, ha- I do have an idea for a shot, uh, using my extreme sets cabin, um, shot that I actually do want to take that outside, um, and just use like the natural light and wow. the natural background mm-hmm. um, kind of uh, kind of thing. So that's, I'm currently planning that out and see how that's going to shoot. Um, but no, no normally uh, it's all, yeah. Uh, when I use sets, it's pretty much all inside. Okay. Um, yeah. If you do take it outside before this episode airs, we'll definitely include the photo. Yes. That would be cool. Yes, um, definitely. I started getting into, I'm like looking over to my table. I started getting into this winter, the um, Lego Winter Village stuff, sets. Oh, I heard of those, yeah. I've seen pictures of those. Those are. So I, oh yeah, I'm going down the rabbit hole. And so I'm really (laughs) hoping that um, I'm going to be able to play more with 
setting the scenes. Um, mm. Because I have now, you know, I have the white base plates for snow and I've got a couple scenes going on and some of the buildings. That's what I'm really drawn to is, is more of that, you know, that I'm indoors, but I'm recreating, you know, true scenes. Um, so I'll see in the next couple months, I'm, I'm working on setting up the village so I can spend really the winter months shooting it. And, um, yeah, so we'll see how, how that all goes. But, um, you know, when you look at the folks who, who have those incredible Lego cities, um, the modulars, I mean, they're creating scenes of, life because they have these incredible cities built up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have the streets, they have the the skyscrapers, they've got the the coffee shops. I mean, it's just again, I I look at I don't know about you, but when you're looking, scrolling through, <laughs> you're you're taking in the photo and you're like, oh wow, that's that's so beautiful. And then your mind is also like adding up the prices in that mm-hmm. photo. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, that photo yeah. is like five thousand dollars worth yep. of stuff um yep. yeah oh so, you know what, what i do is like i see this fi- i see this picture this and i'm like oh my god that's such a cool background if i know what it is or if they mention what it is i go online and look at it probably end up getting it uh, <laughs> or if i can't find it then i just message the photographer and dm you know i dm yeah. them and just be like hey this background where'd you get it it's so cool and yeah, it's that, you know, in I, I think indoor shooting is his own rabbit hole in a way because of, <laughs> again, all the stuff, like you mentioned earlier, all the things that now you're going to be buying and, and setting up. The, the good thing is when it comes, you know, for anyone out there that's like, okay, I think I'm going to stick to outdoor photography because I can't invest that much. It's, 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 it's a very, for me personally, it's a bit, it was a big upfront cost when you buy them. Mm-hmm. Um but you can get so many uses out of them. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten so many shots and so many uses out of my extreme sets. Um, you know, the deranged alley one, I, I mean, there's so many different angles and so many different ways that I can shoot it. So, you know, you, you get your money's worth, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're not afraid of that upfront cost, then it's definitely a great way to go. Um, or again, there's nothing wrong with, you know, shooting outside. And if you find that niche and, mm-hmm. you know, that's where, you, that's the way you want to go. Perfectly okay with that yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I'd love for us to touch upon, because I think it, it makes a difference. Um, you know, wherever you choose to shoot, you're going to be thinking about the scene, obviously. But, uh, you know, how much you want to capture or can capture uh, will depend on the lens you decide to use. So, you know, yes, I know definitely. we talked about lenses in our second episode, and I had mentioned how I shoot with um, a few different – I'm not someone who sticks with one lens. Mm-hmm. Stick with one camera body, but um, I'm constantly playing around. Even sometimes the same shoe. Like last night, I think I tried – two or three different lenses before I really liked, um, what I came up with. And, and so if I'm using my 16 millimeter, which, and again, I shoot Fuji mirrorless. So that's about a 24 millimeter equivalent on a full frame. I'll be able to capture much more of the scene than if I'm using my 60 millimeter, uh, macro like lens and, mm-hmm. or, or even a shorter focal distance, if I'm thinking about you know, macro converters. Um, and that definitely changes things. So I find that indoors, uh, most of my shots are tighter. Um, 
Yeah, I would almost, I'm trying to think I've taken a couple, quite a few with my 16, but even with that, because it allows me to get really close to the subject, I still manage to be kind of a, it's a, it's still a tighter shot. Do you mm-hmm. find, you know, are you thinking about that? Yes. Inside, outside. Yeah. In the oh, focal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely one of the things. It's one of the first things I do. I do the exact same, uh, exact same thing you mm-hmm. do. I, I'll, um, I'll set up a shot, set up a scene, and then I, I will swap out my lenses and take a picture with each one and see which one, um, uh, which one looks best to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending if I wanted to get, if I wanted to, and that all depends. Yeah. Do I really just want to focus in on the figure or figures themselves and just have the background really blurred out kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Or do I, you know, do I want to bring it, you know, do I want to widen that, 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 uh, feel the, uh, feel the vision and re- not, not completely blurred out, but at the same time, not completely in focus, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. background. And that depends on that. Um, that changes with the, le- uh, depending on what lens I use. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely one of the things I think about first time. Um, I, I swap out my lenses as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm constantly like, all right, let me try it with this one now. Now let me try it with this mm-hmm. one. And maybe with this one looks good, but I have to change the angle of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's it's fun, man. I I actually love that part of it, like figuring out. I, I know what I want. Now let's see how I can get that look. <laughs> Absolutely, and and, and I shoot it. primarily with primes. So uh, you uh-huh. know, I think yeah. early on I would always have a zoom lens, and I was constantly just you know one yes. lens did it all. And now I think uh-huh. when I moved to Fuji and really invested in the primes, um, before I got into toy photography, I was one of those folks who would go out for a walk or uh, go on a trip, and I had like five different lenses, um, mm-hmm. mainly cause I'm indecisive, but also because <laughs> I want to see, um, you know, I, I think it's that fear of missing the shot, but it's not like I'm a professional, you know, of course I'm mm-hmm. going to miss shots, but I like having everything right there. And, yeah. and I gravitate towards certain lenses for sure. But, um, I, I think one of the things that, you know, as we're nearing the end of this episode, I'd love to encourage folks who are just beginning to, to experiment. And and we've talked about this. I feel like we end up every episode by saying something like, just go do it. Just, you know, Mm -hmm. get started. But with outside, I think a lot of folks are shy to kind of be caught outside, like with toys, Um, (laughs) you know? And so one of the things that I definitely want to leave this episode encouraging folks to do is just own it, you know, go out there, bring your toys. Um, I, I try not to care what people think. I'll just pretend I'm like this big shot toy photographer and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm on set. I'm on location. Mm -hmm. Um, No one (laughs) has ever asked. No one has ever laughed. Um, Mm You know, I don't know what people think if they see me, but um, I don't care. And I think, you know, I'd hate for folks to have that stop them. You know, um, I have to tell you one of my favorite shots um, I had, we had camped, um, before we moved, we lived on the seacoast and um, Hampton Beach State Park, we took our van and camped overnight. And it's, you know, it was five minutes down the road. It was fantastic. But it was... Mm -hmm. um, I, I took the Playmobil um, Volkswagen buggy, a Beetle, mm-hmm. and I I brought it to the beach. Now, that is not a small thing. I couldn't just throw that in my pocket. But yeah. I walked around, and I, and I had some shots, and I was wanting to play around with just, like, forced perspective. And I love 
the shots. I, you know, it's that bright blue against the sand and some beach grass. And I am so glad that, and, and it was packed. I mean, I'm people I'm sure were looking at me, but um, mm-hmm. I, you know, and I'm on the ground, like I'm on the sand trying to get the angle right. And I think you just, just go for it. You know, don't be embarrassed yeah. um, to be a middle-aged or older, younger person out there with toys. I mean, if anything, I think people kind of look and, and you bring a smile to their faces. Um, so yeah, while, while shooting inside is safe and comfortable and no one's judging and I can play around, there's something to be said too for bringing that joy outside. Oh, completely agree. I mean, you might even get someone into the hobby yourself mm-hmm. that watches you. That happened to me. Um, one of my shots is on my feed. Um, it's uh, my Bruce Lee figure, and I have uh, we we had visitors, and every time we got visitors here in uh, in New Mexico in Albuquerque, there's a a mountain called the Sandia Mountains, and we'll take them up there so they can see the wow. entire city, which is really cool, a really cool view up there. And uh, I took my, I just had this thought. I was like, oh, that might be cool getting a shot of Bruce Lee kind of like meditating on top of the mountain, overlooking the city kind of thing. And so it, it, it worked out great, just the, the way I hoped. Luckily, it was a beautiful day outside. And as I'm shooting, you know, this guy with his wife and his kids are walking past. And he, you can see they've walked past a couple of times and he's just like <laughs> looking at me like, what is he doing? And then he finally came up to me. He's like, are you shooting that toy? And I'm like, yeah. And we started conversating. And he was like, I didn't know that was a thing. That is so wow. cool. And he was like, I might look into this myself when I get back. I'm like, cool, man, do it. Like, just have that fun. It, awesome. It's really fun. So you never know. You might, you know, gain a friend or convert someone into it. And next thing you know, lead them down the rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, that That <laughs> is so great. Cool. And I love seeing people bring their toys outside into the world. Mm-hmm. I, I love seeing... Um, a minifig kind of like on vacation. I mm-hmm. I just love oh, yes. what people mm-hmm. are doing. So, yeah. you know, it, I think, I think sometimes I felt this way a little bit. It's, it's just, you know, you're, you're an adult mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. oh, I play the toys and I, I take photos, but really it's no different than doing a photo shoot with people. Um, it really isn't. Or, exactly. you know, it's just kind of, it just, yeah, they're smaller. It looks different. And people may be a little more curious because they don't see it all the time. Um, so if you're listening and you're, and you're shy about getting out there and and being spotted, um, we say go for it and, and share your images, um, bring them on vacation. You know, I think the, probably the hardest part is deciding which ones to pack. And, oh, yeah, and that, that is, that was you a know, pain. <laughs> the podcast or, or the blog, I should say, has uh, tons of articles on like packing your, your toys yes, for vacations yes. and trips. But, um, this was so much fun. I, you know, when you talk about setting, it's like, oh yeah, whatever. Um, you know, it's just like the background and it's so much more. Um, and I, I just feel like every time I chat with you, I could chat for hours. So <laughs> I know I feel the same way. Um, no, I, yeah, I completely agree. And again, in the show notes, we'll definitely link, uh, we'll definitely link up, uh, um, me personally, the diorama sets mm-hmm. that I use, you know, the, again, the extreme sets, yep. this other cool one that I really found, which is a lot more cost effective diorama prints. They're also on Instagram. Got to see that Bruce Lee those. pick. Uh, see yep, that one. I, yep, I put up that Bruce Lee one. Um, yeah, it's it's like I said. The, the and leading back to the pa- our past episodes when we come about when we think 
it's like when you think about all right should should i shoot outside should i shoot inside what should i do like you said terry just go for it give it a try practice see which one come see which one you like best um it helps to have a story or have you know have that story built in already it's like what are you trying to are you just oh i'm just gonna put this figure here and take a picture Mm -hmm. of them or is it like, all right, I have a predator figure and I want it to seem like they're walking through rocks and the jungle or something like that. It's like in the back, check your backyard. You have a yeah. bunch of, you might have a bunch of rocks or you might have a bunch of plants like, or a big tree that you can put them on. So yeah, it, it definitely helps to have a plan or mm-hmm. have an idea. Yeah. It doesn't have to be completely fleshed out, but at least have some kind of idea of what you're trying to what you want the the viewer to get out of your image and that that right there sets up every rather you're shooting indoors or outdoors it just Mm -hmm. helps set everything else up for you yeah and I think you become more observant in the world and we've talked about this how it is kind of like this meditative practice in a lot of ways or a practice in mindfulness and I think when you start you're, you're going to start looking at everything differently whether that's inside your house outside your house um you just start seeing things differently because everything now is filtered through your lens, um, Mm -hmm. thinking about how it's going to be behind the lens. Um, As always, it was a pleasure chatting with you. And you, if you're listening, um, feel free to follow us. I am at Green Hen Photography, G-R-E-E-N-E, H-E-N Photography. And Ariel, you are? Uh, I am at those underscore wonderful underscore toys. Awesome. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you on future episodes. Take care. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more episodes or articles about toy photography, visit us at toyphotographers.com. The best way to connect with us on social media is on MeWe. Search for toyphotographers.com or find the link in the show notes. If MeWe's not your thing, visit us at Facebook, Toy Photographers, or on Twitter, at Toy Photo Blog, or on Instagram, at underscore Toy Photographers underscore. Thanks again for listening.